this episode of Level Up. I'm Cody Kiesler. And I am Graham Hall. Yo. And uh, we're back for a third episode. Woohoo! Three episodes. Um, Sorry, I just completely... I was trying to be fancy and use my keyboard shortcuts to change browser tabs. Oh, and I just accidentally went back, so I just lost the show notes. <laughs> but I'm back in business. Yes. Um... So, our topic today, this week, is uh, monetization in video games. So, like, basically how video games make money. Uh, and the different ways video games make money. And what we think are better, or worse, or in between. Um, so, I think... We should kind of break down the the major gaming models, uh, pricing models for games. Right. True. So true. Um, I think there are uh, what probably three main ones. I would say, like that are in use today. Yeah. So they come they they come in like different like combinations and variations. But I guess there are three. You're right. There are just kind of three main. Um, monetization strategies for games. So one is traditional, um, traditional pricing. So that's the, you buy, you pay sixty bucks, get the game. Um, the other is microtransactions, um, which are basically just really like small purchases, usually like a dollar or two, um, or more, as we may get into um, when we talk about that in more detail. And also yeah. the battle pass option, which is, um, I would also kind of group subscription into that as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's it's a it's almost like a form of subscription. Yeah. So yeah. And then you have other things like um, DLC and that kind of stuff, but I would I would more throw that into the first category. Um, yeah, for I, most I would say cases. like. It's, expansions and dlcs mm -hmm. have been around for so long at this point yeah. and usually with those you have to you know do the traditional pricing where you buy the 60 dollar game or 50 40 dollar game and then you pay for the dlcs down the road and then you can get the game of the year or the complete <laughs> edition and all that so yes um so um i'm just i'm just gonna ask you point blank grim Mm -hmm. Which of these do you think is the best? Like going forward, or I guess right now, we'll just say right now in the present. Which one of these do you like the most? Personally, um, I like the traditional model, um, but uh, there, you know, there are things to be said. There, there are positives also to be said for the microtransaction battle and battle pass model um, that are free up front. Um, but I personally prefer, um, you know, just here's the money for the game. Give me my game. Let me play it. Um, that's sort of my, you know, the, the kind of game I like to play. Yeah. Um, what about you? I, I, can, I can definitely see that for, like, uh, 
I guess, more traditional games, mm-hmm. like a single-player narrative experience or something like that. Right. But I got to say, I'm a, I'm a sucker for the Battle Pass uh, <laughs> option. And, and I should clarify, we should clarify that uh, by Battle Pass, we're only calling it that because uh, the first game to really make it popular was and really utilize it to you know, success uh, was Fortnite, mm-hmm. and they called it the Battle Pass. But it's the whole... Usually seasons, mm-hmm. the, the year is broken up into four seasons, so each season lasts three months, and then you pay, usually it's $10, uh, for the premium pass option, and the passes are like uh, these, a series of level ups that you go through by playing the game. Uh, mm-hmm. It varies per game what you have to do to get the experience to level up but each level you get something new whether it be in-game currency uh some sort of like paint option or uh, color option for things and then maybe some cosmetics as well Mm -hmm. Uh, that also varies per game but it's almost always i think pretty much every version i've seen it's uh some sort of cosmetic not gameplay uh Mm -hmm. based item that you get Mm -hmm. uh but yeah, I, I'm a sucker for that because I think it solves the biggest problem for uh, free-to-play games uh, that they've had really since their inception because um, it, it allows the developers to monetize the game uh, but not in a way that feels skeevy. And it's, it's in a way that makes the player feel like they're getting value and supporting their game without having to pay to win um, or without having to just spend an absurd amount of money on the game yeah. to feel like you can uh, play it as a, a true fan or to a, a higher competitive level. So, Because like microtransactions, I don't know many people who play video games that like microtransactions, yeah. like uh, to their greatest extent. I mean, that's that's been one of the biggest downfalls for publishers like EA mm-hmm. um, over the past decade uh, where they'll and, and part of the problem there is they're mixing the traditional pricing with the micro microtransactions mm-hmm. so you're paying 60 bucks for a game hell if you get like a special edition or whatever because there's always different tiers nowadays oh like yeah the gold edition that's a whole uh, other you pay, <laughs> yeah you you could pay like 60 70 80 dollars for a game mm-hmm. And then you get in there and play, and you have to pay, oh, here's another $2, here's another $5. And you're having to do that every week over and over and over again just to feel competitive or, you know, if you want the newest stuff. Um, And you can't really be blamed for wanting the new stuff. They make it cool so you'll want it. Yeah. So I feel like the Battle Pass option makes it where you can still support your game, uh, but it's in a more reasonable price. Um. And you still you get a good value, mm-hmm. but it also allows the developers to monetize the game enough to be able to keep that game alive. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I and it's probably because I've been playing so many of those free to play games in the past few years, especially mm-hmm. you know uh, with playing MOBAs and uh, playing things like TFT and Overwatch and whatnot. Uh, I, I've kind of noticed that. For those kind of games, I don't think there's any argument that that's the best option. And I think that you can look at games like Overwatch and see mm-hmm. that they've suffered because they went the traditional pricing route for a game as a service. And I just don't think that works. I think you have to have some way to sustain it over time. 
and by making your product your game as a service free up front mm -hmm. it means you'll end up with more players which means you can then sustain it for even longer so and it's way better than uh, loot boxes <laughs> for sure that's like the oh, worst form whole, of microtransaction. That's a whole other. <laughs> yeah. But I, I am fine with the traditional pricing. I just feel like the traditional pricing can't keep up with modern developmental needs. Like, I have no idea how a game like Cyberpunk 2077, which has taken like a decade almost to make, how in the world, even at 60 bucks a pop, they're going to remake that money and then make a profit on top of that well because it takes hundreds of developers working on those games over multiple years and you've got to pay their salaries their benefits you got to keep the lights on you got to pay for the equipment which is thousands tens of thousands of dollars more to be able to make the game it's just i i don't know i don't see how the traditional pricing survives at least at big studios uh, indie developers, I think it still works. Mm -hmm. And smaller studios, I think it still works. But I think the bigger you get, the more you need to rely on something like a battle pass slash subscription kind of thing. Which is probably why EA was so eager to go for the microtransactions. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't want to get too into um, what I think was going on with EA. But um, <laughs> <laughs> so... I feel like in a lot of ways, though, that's what DLC is for. So, so you, you know, it's it's better to personally. I'd rather spend like thirty bucks on a on an expansion than um, you know every you know if it's a game I'm into. I'm gonna buy you know like when I was into Destiny, I um, I would buy the you know buy the expansion and that obviously they had to shift that to their battle pass model which i have not been a fan of and actually i've not actually played destiny in months um theirs is not the best yeah. implementation um but i would i would rather have something like that uh, and also like the other thing is not every game needs to be like a game as a service type deal yeah um yeah. which is a whole lot that could be a whole other discussion where i feel like a lot of publishers try to push that to kind of have recurring revenue from microtransactions and battle passes and, and that kind of thing so i feel like those those kind of models have been misused i think is really the heart of my my problem with them as you said destiny um not a great not a great option and i would say fort fortnite uh, i don't have anything i don't have any problems with the, the the battle pass system in fortnite um but again they're doing that in combo with the microtransactions and that just feels icky to me Honestly, I think they almost have to. Yeah. Um, only because then uh, it's it's like justifying the existence of your large development team. Because if you're just making the battle pass mm -hmm. uh, cosmetics and things, 
then like once the battle pass is released and the season's on you don't really have anything to do i mean you can start working on the next one or whatever but it's not going to take you the entire three months hopefully and hopefully you're working far enough ahead that that's not even a problem anyways but well, yeah like a game like fortnite they're probably i would imagine they're just constantly working on the next next thing um yeah i i don't know uh i think the the problem that i have with the battle pass plus the microtransactions mm-hmm. is if they obvious they make it like super obvious that the con the cosmetics and stuff that you can get from the microtransactions in their store is like way better than what you get on the battle pass like even if you get to the complete you know you you finish the entire battle pass uh, i think you have to make the battle pass content just as good as the store content because it then it's kind of like because it's all cosmetic it's okay that you pay for things mm-hmm. um but it, it, it's like you can choose one of two routes you either work for the stuff you get or you just pay for it right away um i mean there's the there's this whole kind of psychological theory actually around like i mean i'm sure you're f- familiar with with the concept of fomo um yeah yeah and my 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 concern is that you know you have the battle with with your you know fortnite specifically we'll take fortnite specifically say you have you have the battle pass and there's some really cool like skin that you can only get through microtransactions you you know you're gonna want to you know it's it's they're they're enticing you to spend that that extra money to to buy you know this this limited edition skin because like oh you know you're not gonna be you might not be able to get it later um and you can't get it through the battle pass so it's your only opportunity um that's the kind of stuff that bugs me um that and you mentioned earlier in terms of like shortcuts to progression i also feel like that's a little iffy because i I always get suspicious of games that have like oh xp boosts and that kind of thing because i'm like well am i am i leveling up as fast as i should be um good example actually is assassin's creed odyssey um which i found i didn't actually need the you know i felt like it was a fair level progression um, but they did have an XP. This is a single player. This is, by the way, a single player game that you bought for sixty dollars that you can buy it. Yeah. Which is a whole other thing. But let's just pretend that's not a factor. Um, there's the potential for you don't know if if the developer is holding back your ability to prog- to progress and to sell those you know XP boosts. Um, which they sell as shortcuts, but they're also, you know, the people who decide how how quickly you get to progress. It's not like I don't know. <laughs> it's not like it costs them extra money to make you level uh, make you level up faster. That's true. Yeah, that is true. But but yeah, I I so I think part of the reason why I, I slightly disagree. Mm-hmm. Uh, is because while FOMO is very real, uh, and there's definitely like 
a lot of research that could be done on that uh, psychological research. <laughs> I also this is gonna sound probably a little harsh, but like learn some self control is kind of how I feel about that. Um, that to me indicates more of a problem with either either the person themselves, mm -hmm. the way the person was, uh, I don't want to say brought up because that sounds dumb, but like uh, the values that they learned and uh, the amount of self-control that they learned growing up mm -hmm. during their development as a person um, and less about the game. Because like FOMO has been technically could have been a thing for uh, hundreds of years. Yeah. Like that's just how money like uh capitalism not that i love capitalism but that's just kind of how markets work you know mm -hmm. like that's why adidas and nike still make more shoes past one pair right like that's why there are tons of different places you can go get tons of different types of clothes right so that you can get the new thing and look new and all that and this is just moving into the digital world basically mm -hmm. um so like i don't really feel like FOMO is a reason not to sell things. Uh, even if it, it, like, I will say some developers take it to an extent where it feels skeevy, mm -hmm. for sure. When they prey on little kids, like younger kids uh, and younger teenagers, that's when I start to have a problem with it. Mm -hmm. uh, that's not okay. Because the, those, those human beings are not fully developed yet. They're still developing. Mm -hmm. So fucking with them during that development is just not that skeevy as hell. You shouldn't be doing that. But like, absolutely. Once you're once you're a grown ass adult, if you don't have the self control, like you can't exercise the self control to not buy a skin in a video game mm -hmm. because you can't afford it. I don't feel bad towards the video game at that point. I mean, I don't know. I have pretty good self control when it comes to. <laughs> when it comes to uh, resisting microtransactions and I did buy going back to Assassin's Creed Odyssey I did buy a $5 skin <laughs> but but you can afford it you're not going hungry tonight because you bought that $5 skin also it's just one $5 yeah. skin like this one. <laughs> but uh, my point is I mean I have pretty good self control when it comes to that and if I broke down and <laughs> and bought it you know i don't know i just um again i don't i don't think there's anything inherently wrong with microtransactions i just think um they one shouldn't really be used in combination with either battle passes or you know traditional 60 dollar 40 dollar whatever pricing model um but on their own, like I play free-to-play games on my phone. Um, I, I have bought, um, you know, I've probably spent like a grand total of thirty dollars in the past five years. But um, <laughs> you're such a whale, Greg. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, that may be slightly underestimating it, but it's it's around there. But I I just. I don't know. I, I just don't like the idea of these three kind of monetization models kind of um, 
mixing. Um, and no, I, I agree uh, for sure. Traditional pricing mm-hmm. should never mix with the other two yeah. in any capacity. In an ideal world, you wouldn't have uh, the battle pass and the microtransactions mm-hmm. or subscriptions uh, and the microtransactions mix. But especially with Battle Pass, because again, with one person, even if they buy all the Battle Passes for a year, Mm -hmm. that's only 40 bucks. And server space is not cheap. So I understand the use. Like, I understand why developers or publishers, whichever ones make that decision, would would choose to put both in a game. Um, I will say, episodic games like the newest Hitman Mm -hmm. and Hitman 2, I think that... I think that's a good implementation uh, for like if you're looking to build a more traditional game that's not a game as a service, but you don't want to go a traditional pricing. I think that's a good mixture, uh, a good uh, formula going forward. Actually, going into this, I didn't even think I, like this didn't even occur to me. I, I I would almost categorize that as a separate separate model. It's it's weird. Hmm. It's it, yeah, it is it. it it's odd. It's a mixture that kind of does uh, create its own its own category. But I, I think that's a good structure. Yeah. And I think it can work for most games. Uh, and that kind of makes a more traditional game almost like a pseudo game as a service. So the development studio can then be uh, kind of funded over time. Because I think yeah. that's the biggest problem with traditional pricing is it's expensive. So you get less people. And it usually... You know, the, if you look at curves from the sales and stuff like that, like uh, graphs from sales, you see the curve drastically drop after the first couple weeks of a launch mm-hmm. of a game. So you better hope you make a ton of money then to that can sustain you through the development of the entire next game you're going to make. Yeah. So uh, I guess this this kind of all begs the question, what do you think the future is for, for these? Do you think they'll come up with some new one? Or do you think one of these... We'll kind of continue on especially I, I know this kind of depends on the type of game but especially for like free-to-play games where monetization is like a question like they're trying to solve the puzzle of how to make a free-to-play game that still can sustain itself monetarily um i i feel like at least especially like going in you, you know part of the problem is every generation it gets more more and more expensive to make these games um and I think as we keep going, it's, you know, they're going to have to, you know, developers are going to have to have, um, you know, more sources of recurring revenue. But also, not every game needs to be this enormous open world games as a service thing that costs millions and millions and millions of dollars to make um so i would hope that we'd see games more like single player focused experiences that don't cost as much but i feel like if as we're moving kind of in the direction that we are moving with gaming um I feel like we're gonna see more of these battle passes. Maybe more. Maybe not so much micro microtransactions as heavily. I know they've been kind of, especially we mentioned EA before. They they've kind of uh, 
ruin that for <laughs> the industry. Um, you know, we might see other other things in the future that I can't even imagine right now. But I guess long story short, yes, I, I think we'll we'll continue to see this kind of stuff in the future. Unfortunately, <laughs> again, if if we could get more focused single player experiences you know maybe there won't be as much of a need for, for you know quote unquote need uh for these other monetization strategies so we're looking at i want to look at uh you know a recent game that came out that's very focused single player no like no microtransactions nothing ironically from ea uh star wars jedi fallen order <laughs> So I'm pretty sure that made a good amount of money. Um, definitely made back its development costs, and there is no no DLC, no microtransactions, no battle passes. Just pure single player. Um, so it can it can that that can work. It's just a matter of what kind of game that developers choose to make. That was. More of a rant than I expect that I expected to go on, but <laughs> but I, I I think you're right about that. But I I have this feeling that single player experiences are going to become fewer and far between. Which because I I think, and it's it's not because developers are pushing it a certain way or they want to make more money or anything like that. The reason I think that is because as uh, just kind of the world has become more connected. Mm -hmm. I think people have started to want more games that are more social. Um, and I think as gaming expands, because gaming has definitely expanded over the past decade, mm -hmm. just humans in general, normal people like to be social. So, yeah. and even if it's, even if it's not a PVP game, even if it's a PVE game, um, people like to do that with their friends. So, I think this might be a good good topic for a for a future episode. Just kind of single player versus yeah, for sure. Because I have so much to say on that, but I don't want to take us too far off topic. Tune in next week. We <laughs> talk about <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I think that's a that's a good place to wrap it up, though. Like yeah. you, like you're saying, this is we're kind of delving into whole other episode territory yeah. so we'll uh we'll get there as is now tradition what's uh we have the suggestion of the week and uh this week is your week graham so what is your suggestion so my suggestion is a movie uh called molly's game it's based on a true story of um molly bloom who's um a to be olympic skater um and kind of her story as she kind of falls into this world of of like poker with the rich and the famous um she basically is like running these illicit poker games um and it's i don't know it's it's i'm usually not into like based on true story type movies but it was really good um it's it it, it, it's the kind of story that was like made for a movie because you're just on your seat the entire the entire time 
or on the edge of your seat the entire time like oh god what's gonna happen um i don't know i really i really enjoy, i don't know if you've seen it it's a, it came out a couple of years ago um it's on netflix if you're interested um yes it is yes. I, I have not seen it though uh i remember when it came out mm-hmm. Um, like I didn't until I Googled it just now and I saw the cover and stuff and I was like, Oh yeah, that's right. I saw a trailer for that like years ago, but yeah, it sounds super interesting. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's definitely, I, I had no idea of like the story at all. Like, I feel like I'm really out of the loop because this stuff, when did the stuff like actually go down? Like I'm like on Wikipedia now cause I want to actually see. Like mid to late 2000s, looks like. Um, so, sorry, between like, yeah, early to late 2000s. Um, so, yeah, I had no idea of like any of this. Um, granted, I was in high school at the time. I didn't really pay attention to news. Um, but yeah, if you're into that, into that kind of thing, uh, definitely check out the check out that movie even if you're not into that kind of thing check out the movie because it's it's really well done and what's it called again oh, sorry. um molly's game cool mm-hmm. and like you said it's on netflix yes. so go add it to your list your q wait they don't call it the q anymore jeez uh... <laughs> you old man i still call it um... the q <laughs> But yeah, that's our show this week, guys. Yeah. Uh, make sure you go and uh, if you're not already subscribed, go subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. But, and uh, oh, what? I was where just gonna going say, back? where can they find the show? And uh, oh. and you already. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you should be able to find us everywhere: uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all those fun places. Uh, if you head over to anchor.fm slash lvl dash up level up Uh, you can find episodes you can find links to all the places you can listen to the show and to uh, our social medias so facebook and instagram so go check that out guys and uh, make sure you come back next week bye bye